Hi, I'm Nick Gregoratis, and this is the Jiu-Jitsu Brotherhood Podcast. The show for grapplers and martial artists that want to evolve both on and off the mat. Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome back to the Jiu-Jitsu Brotherhood show. Great guest for you today with a lot of interesting information. Before we get into the show, as always, guys, just want to remind you that you can support us by heading over to store.jujitsubrother.com and using the coupon code PODCAST to get a 10% discount on any of our fantastic jiu-jitsu instructional products or training gear and apparel. Also, if you head on over to jujitsumasteracademy.com, that's my online jiu-jitsu dojo. It's got some of the best jiu-jitsu material out there. You can get 10% off any of the membership options again when you use the coupon code podcast. So let's dive into the new episode with Jay Campbell, author of the Testosterone Optimization Therapy Bible and just general all around cool dude. Enjoy, guys. Today is a slightly unusual episode with a very special guest. This is my new friend, Jay Campbell, who is author of the Testosterone Optimization Therapy Bible. Is that correct, Jay? That is correct. What's up, Nick? Yes. Uh, I'm good, man. I just read your book on a plane trip about four or five days ago. And funny thing is I, f- I felt uh, inclined to reach out uh, and connect with you because I thought this is the kind of guy we should we should get uh, the jiu-jitsu audience uh, to listen to uh, for his wisdom. And it turns out we had a mutual friend, uh, actually a very good mutual friend that we've both known for a long time. So that was quite a cool um, serendipitous moment. I like to think that that was the universe saying uh, it was it was meant to be. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Jay, you know, I, uh, I know you're not, you're not actually a jiu-jitsu guy, but you, you know a lot of MMA fighters and you're out in LA there where a lot of people train and, and do stuff like that. Um, so I think you, you're going to have some interesting insights. Uh, jiu-jitsu is one of those things where, unfortunately, you are only as good as your body is. What, regardless of what anyone tells you, there are some certain people in the community who think that... Uh, strength and size don't play a role, but I think we're starting to wake up and realize that that's just a delusion and that uh, the better the vehicle that you're using to try to express your martial art, um, the better your martial art is going to be. And that's one of the reasons I I pay such uh, close attention to things like conditioning um, and staying in shape. Um, What, as someone, let's let's start a little bit earlier. What's your background with with TRT and, and hormonal optimization? How did you get involved in that? Yeah, sure. Um, so my, my, my story is, you know, for your audience, not known at all, but, you know, very, very well known. So I was an ex-professional basketball player. I played in college at uh, Georgia Southwestern University, and then I had a cup of coffee in Austria in 94. I played less than one season in Division Two in Europe. And, you know, since the NBA got involved in uh, professional basketball in Europe and in the international community, it's totally different than when I was there. But uh, I still played basketball when I got done playing professionally at a high level in, you know, men's like very uh, competitive men's leagues in Southern California where I lived. And I got kicked in the testicles when I was 29. It was about um, three months from turning 30 Mm -hmm. and you know, it hurt It's bruised. I put ice on my nuts for a day or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about two months later, I just started feeling run down. I had no idea what was going on with me. Now I always say this, um, you know, the caveat is, is that my background in college, I have an international major, uh, international relations major, but I have triple minor and one of them was in molecular biology. So I've oh, always cool. been a nerd. Yeah. I've uh-huh. always been a nerd as far as like understanding my body and supplements and just internal dynamics and all that stuff. So 
I went to see a uh, garden variety doctor and I was so fortunate, Nick, he recommended me to, cause this is back in 1999. He recommended wow. me to a endocrinologist who happened to be an endo, um, a Harvard educated endocrinologist. His name was Dr. Raymond Scruggs. He was a short little black dude, in amazing shape. And he ran some tests on me and he found that my testosterone was at 230. I think it was like 232, 222. I don't remember. It was a long time ago, but okay. subclinical levels. And so, so before we, before we continue, sorry to interrupt you, Jay, uh, just for those of the listeners who might not even know what that means, you say it was at 232 and it, it should have been at what? Um, so to, that's a total testosterone level. Um, it should have been for a person in, you know, healthy adult male in their late twenties, you know, anywhere from 650 to 900, you know, on, on an average, you know, we'll get later in this podcast. So we'll understand that like total levels really don't matter. It's like how you feel and what your symptoms are. But, but ultimately he was, you know, very smart. He ran that test and when I came back, he was like, look, man, I work with a lot of guys. I, I, you know, I have a lot of older guys too that have been on testosterone for decades. He says, I recommend you start on testosterone. Now, again, because of my background, I was aware of what testosterone was, but I was very apprehensive because I was only 29 years old. Mm -hmm. um, so I asked my wife at the current time, who's long gone, still friends with me now, but um, mm -hmm. you know, are you okay with it? Because you should always make sure that you get your spouse or your significant other on board because there's a lot of things as we will talk about later in the podcast that goes with being on testosterone therapy, therapeutic testosterone. So anyway, we started the process and six weeks later, Nick, man, I felt like I was 18 or 19. You know, I had no amazing way. energy. I had like all the aches and pains in my low back, you know, from playing hard, you know, hard sports started to go away. I just felt mm -hmm. amazing. And for people who know me, you know, I'm almost 48. I'll be 48 in February. Um, I've been on testosterone, therapeutic testosterone now for 19 years. I've used a lot of different doctors. I've been with five specific doctors. I've used every delivery system. So I'm really, really advanced in my understanding of this stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I tell people all the time that when a person chooses to start optimizing, which is again, you know, undergoing therapeutic testosterone, you're really going to look at your life as before testosterone and after. Mm -hmm. Now, could I ask you, Jay, why, uh, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Sure. Why did you need to go through so many five different doctors? What, what was, what was that about? Oh, no, it's a good question. Um, just um, convenience. Where my first doctor was, Dr. Scruggs, he was down in South Orange County, and it was a okay. solid two-hour drive for me to go visit with him, and I was just like, you know what, this is whack. Okay. Can you recommend me somebody closer? And then as I got really, really smart in this, I realized that the majority of doctors, which we can talk about in depth, um, don't know jack shit. Am I okay to swear on this podcast? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Go awesome. fucking wild. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Uh, so if I if I if I may like preface um, before we get even deeper into this, so it's, I'm gonna say straight up, TRT is something I've been interested in a long for a long time. Um, I've done some very very minor anabolic steroid cycles in my life. Uh, I think Anavar was the one I did, and I also did a testosterone cycle when I was 29 or 30 years old. Um, but th that was just for performance enhancement. Um, now that I'm getting older, I'm starting to, to look into this more and more. You know, I, the story I always tell is I was in Beverly Hills, actually, uh, training at, a, at Beverly Hills Jiu-Jitsu. This was about four or five years ago. So I was about 35, maybe almost 36 years old. And this celebrity guy was training as well. I'm not going to mention his name, but he was the same age as me. He was 35. And he was a white belt in jiu-jitsu. So I don't know how much you know about jiu-jitsu, but generally the higher the belt, all other things being equal, the higher belt will dominate in, in a match, right? Sure. So I, I 
went with this guy and uh, I decided to like t- take it easy on him. I was like, sure, he's a white belt. Let me show him the ropes nice and like, let me take it easy on him. And this dude was, man, he was an absolute animal. Like it took every single thing I had to beat this guy. You know, I had to dig real deep and afterwards I was kind of like limping. And then we were in the changing room and he took off his shirt, like, and it was just like fucking almost got stabbed in the eye with his yeah. peck. It was so like, uh, yeah. And I just said to him, I said, bro, look, what's the deal, man? I mean, well, just, just give it to me straight. I was like, just, just give it to me straight. And he said, look, I, I'm on testosterone. I've got, I've got a doctor um, who does blood work for me. And sure. then he calibrates my dose. And uh, look, I've never trained against the guy even younger than that with that kind of strength and athleticism. And it got me thinking. And now as I get older and as my friends are starting to age and my training partners are starting to age, I'm seeing a lot of them are taking TRT and there is no doubt it makes a massive difference to these people. So um, it clearly works, right? I mean, you're living proof as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, that's, yeah, exactly. I'm glad you say it's perfect, Steve, you said that because like I said, I mean, you know, you look at your life as before and after. But I think for most people, and again, this is from the demonization of the mainstream media, what's happened in like um, professional athletics over the last 20 to 30 years, you know, all the stuff that happened like with blood doping with Lance Armstrong and then there was Ben Johnson in the Olympics. And then of course the giant major league baseball steroid scandal, it's caused a lot of misinformation and a lot of demonization of testosterone. So again, for guys that, you know, maybe, maybe not familiar. And I do believe that the majority of the fighting a martial arts community is enough familiar, but I'll just say it, you know, very clearly what I speak about when I talk and I'm giving a speech this week at uh, where I'm going to be at a conference later this week. Um, and I'm starting to make mainstream news, which is really good because as you know, it's a very anti-testosterone, anti-masculine culture. We live in around the world now, you know that, but, mm-hmm. um, this is therapeutic. Testosterone is not anabolic steroids, right? Like you're using a very micro dosage of testosterone, which is, as you know, is the natural occurring lifeblood molecule of the human body, both male and female. As you know, females take testosterone to become men in transgender and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you optimize your hormone levels with this micro dose, and it does take an intelligent doctor and a smart patient which I always say, you know, you cannot just think that you're going to, you know, start optimizing your hormones, even if you have a good doctor, if you don't do all the other things, right? Like eating Mm -hmm. clean, training hard, doing enough cardiovascular to protect your heart and your vascular system and all these other things. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the reality is, is that people have this presupposition or belief based on anabolic steroid users that using testosterone is cheating or is illegal or is immoral or is unethical. And it's laughable because, it's very simple today, at least in the first world, to go to a physician, at least especially in America and in North America and Canada, and it's not that easy in Canada, but somewhat is, to just get a physician to prescribe you testosterone when you fail a number of, you, you, you possess a number of symptoms. Mm-hmm. And we're talking a micro dosage, okay? And so, you know, I don't want to go too esoteric, but like when you look at a professional bodybuilder, okay? Mm-hmm. They're using sometimes 25 to 30 times the dosage a week of testosterone that a man or woman who optimizes their hormones with a therapeutic level. Mm -hmm. So it's like people have to understand that there's a huge difference in a wide gulf in like what an anabolic steroid user who uses testosterone for performance enhancement and Mm -hmm. muscular gain versus a man who's just optimizing their hormones to live a better life. Now you are right. That guy that you trained against who was a beast, 
testosterone does give you an edge in the uh, muscle protein and skeletal muscle in, you know, enhancement um, area. Because again, the more testosterone, the more optimized your testosterone, the easier it is to hold on to muscle okay. and build muscle. Maybe you can answer a question for me, Jay. Um, sure. You know, I, I'd, I'd like to get, I'd love for you to list some of the symptoms that, that uh, potentially could indicate signs of low testosterone. One of the ones that I'm finding as I get older, and I've, I think a lot of my, my training partners in the same age bracket as me uh, are experiencing is, and you mentioned it earlier, you were talking about when you were uh, doing basketball, but, but if I train even a moderate, at a moderate level of intensity with jiu-jitsu or kettlebells or, or anything, Man, my lower back is so sore the next morning, oh, man. I, I just, and I've heard that that can, for me, TRT would be worth it if it even just solved that. Just that, is that, is that something to be expected? What's? Absolutely. So, so from a recovery standpoint, um, testosterone does a lot of amazing things. Um, but let's just go through the symptoms. So the symptoms of a testosterone deficiency are much more mental and then they are physical. And, you know, they, that presents as brain fog, as being lethargic, like having listlessness. A lot of guys who are low testosterone are very, very hesitant. Mm -hmm. They don't have that natural masculine drive to, you know, speak their mind or show up in a dominant fashion. They just kind of like lay in the background and don't say anything. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like the first signs Obviously, you, you know, in the martial arts community, guys know that, you know, there's like a sexual component mm -hmm. um, because sexual dysfunction is also a side effect of a testosterone deficiency, um, you know, lack of strong erections, lack of morning wood, you know, those kind of things. But the number one thing that testosterone does, like initially when a person starts to optimize is it increases dopamine. Mm -hmm. So when you increase dopamine, obviously, you know, the dopamine rush and the dopamine, the dopaminergic signaling pathways in the brain increases excitement. It increases energetic response mechanisms, uh, both physical and mental. So the number one thing that people uh, notice as soon as they start optimizing their hormones is they, they notice a uh, clearer thought because it increases cognition and increases the it improves the synaptic pathway, pathway signaling processes so that you just feel more on it. You know, like when people meet me, you know, whether I'm on this podcast with you right now, or you meet me at 1030 at night, I'm the same. My energy is always like really high. Um, I'm always balanced. Now it doesn't happen immediately. You can't just like start testosterone and expect to be completely balanced and optimized like I am. I mean, obviously I've been on testosterone for close to 19 years, mm -hmm. but you can Nick very, very simply and easily depending on your body's uh, biochemical uniqueness and individuality, you can within six months to a year be amazing. Okay. And it's, you know, provided that you continue to stay on that path and you do all the other things right, which we've already talked about, which is, you know, eat clean, train, diet, uh, excuse me, um, make sure you get enough sleep, um, you know, make sure you're not treating your body like shit with poisonous food and drink and that stuff, you know, minimizing your alcohol, don't smoke marijuana, that kind of stuff. You're going to look pretty amazing. I mean, I know guys right now who are fighters, who are spec ops guys. I know guys who are special operators who are in their mid fifties, who are ass kickers. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll take out any 20 to 25 year old guy in the best shape ever. And it's because they're on, you know, a therapeutic dosage of testosterone and they're balanced out. That's interesting. So I had this thought, <laughs> one thing I'm, I'm often, uh, you know, I mentor a few younger dudes. Uh, and I, when I say to them, and these are guys in their, in their, I'd say, uh, late teens and early twenties. I say to them, if I knew, uh, at your age, what I know now, 
right. when I had that energy and that level of drive, I would be president of the world by now. <laughs> Literally, I would have taken over the whole world. And I'm just wondering, is it, is it kind of realistic to, what can we expect? Is it realistic to expect to have that level of energy and drive that you had in your, your mid-20s? Um, is that, or is that just a pipe dream? It's not a pipe dream. You know, a person is who they are. You know, testosterone is not going to make a beta male become an alpha male. Mm-hmm. But it'll definitely make an alpha male much more like hyper masculine and hyper alpha. You know, there is a misnomer or a misperception that testosterone causes people to be irritable or angry or, you know, you've heard the you know stereotypical roid rage. That's a bunch of utter nonsense. That's a bunch of BS. As I always say, if you're an asshole before you took testosterone, you're going to be a bigger asshole on testosterone. Okay. Okay. Right. So it doesn't, it doesn't do any of those things. Now, you know, that said, and this is important, um, there's a lot of doctors that have no effing idea what they're doing prescribing testosterone, okay? okay? And you have to avoid those people at all costs because they are going to put you on multiple chemicals at the initiation of that therapy, and then you can't establish a baseline. When you start testosterone, you should only start testosterone in isolation because if you a- introduce other chemicals to the mix, and a lot of guys go to clinics that start people on boilerplate, cookie-cutter, you know, routines with like HCG and an aromatase inhibitor medication and testosterone and maybe pregnenolone and maybe DHEA and maybe vitamin D3 at high levels and blah, blah, blah. I can give you another other things. You, you cannot understand what is going on, you know, biochemically in the bloodstream if you have all these different chemicals at one time. You're changing too many variables. Exactly. Yeah, it's impossible. Exactly. So you, you always have to start with testosterone in isolation and see what happens to your body, see the, you know, the biological perturbations and see how you feel. Cause again, we're biochemically individual, all of us mm-hmm. to that dosage. Most men who are, um, how would I say it? Uh, they have, they have higher natural testosterone levels are going to need a higher dose over time because their body has acclimated to having naturally higher levels. When you don't have higher levels and you're like a guy who's like 400 to 500 your whole life. Mm -hmm. um, And then you start the decline and you go to 200 or whatever it is. And you're now, you know, suboptimal based on um, lab measurement numbers. You don't need as much, but again, because we're all biochemically unique, it doesn't hold. And you just have to start on what we call, a minimum effective dosage, you know, Tim Ferriss came up with that, the MED principle, Mm -hmm. and see how you feel. If you don't feel effing amazing, okay, then you increase your dosage slightly. Like the average dosage for therapeutic testosterone is anywhere from 50 milligrams to 200 milligrams over a seven-day average. Mm -hmm. And there's multiple delivery systems, you know, to cut to the chase, you know, because the guys in this community just want to know what works. Mm -hmm. There's only two delivery systems worth a shit. Okay. And that is cream. Okay. And not gel, not androgel, not testum, not Bactrim, not all this bullshit they sell in the international community. All that shit they sell in the international community is worthless. Throw it away. Do not use it. Okay. If you're in the international community and you can't get a cream at a 200 milligram compounded, um, uh, base from a compounding pharmacy, then you got to go injections and injecting is just as good, if not better to cream, but you got to do it frequently. Mm -hmm. And the reason you got to do it frequently is one shot a week of testosterone does not, you know, follow the body's um, molecular cleaving of the testosterone ester in the bloodstream. Because if you take one shot, what happens, Nick, is like you feel the peak 
in, in, you know, at three or four days in, and then the half-life drops. So it cleaves again molecularly. So now you have half the level and then all of a sudden your body drops. You never want the drop. You always want to be able to be on like a constant, you know, not an incline, but a constant nadir of just a slight, you know, steady Mm -hmm. state. So you take two shots at a minimum so that as the testosterone molecule is cleaving, you're catching it going back up. So you constantly stay up. So that's the minimum of injections of a week. You should take two. I inject three times a week. I know plenty of guys inject every day. They go sub Q in their belly fat or in their um, gluteal fat pad in their upper butt. And that's fine too. The closer you can mimic, mimic, excuse me, your body's natural production and release of testosterone in the bloodstream, the less likely you are going to have side effects. So you got to You got to also weigh in whether or not a guy is needle phobic. Some people have a phobia of needles at first upon injection. Obviously, it's not a big deal for most men to get over it. But if they are needle phobic, and I know a lot of guys do, they're tough motherfuckers. And they're still mm-hmm. scared of needles for whatever reason. It's just like a hang-up they have. Um, you know, then you use cream. But both are really good. You just have to be make sure you got the right doctor administering. Um, hopefully, you've got a, you know, a pharmaceutical-grade supply and that you, know, you follow the instructions and do it right. You try right. to do it as often as you can. So uh, here, I appreciate that information very much, Jay. Let's let's go with a, a more philosophical question here. I know there's going to be a lot of men listening to this uh, who say the following, and I know this because a lot of the men I've spoken to in person have this objection. They will say something along the lines of, sure, maybe this stuff does work, but it's not natural and it's going against your body's or, or life's traditional path of aging right and when we're we're supposed to age gracefully and then fade away what would you say to that argument i say that's complete fucking bullshit (laughs) because we're getting with technology with technology today i mean there's merits to that statement because we are you know biologically living beings and we're not autobots not yet (laughs) maybe the transhumanists are going to get to that point but right now we are biological living beings and whoever you know genetically modified us pretty much modified us as the bible says to die at 120 Mm -hmm. but there's no reason nick in my opinion and obviously there's millions of guys just like me i'm sure you're just like me too there's no reason that we can't go out fighting okay Mm -hmm. and testosterone when you modulate it and you optimize again what's right for your body from a level standpoint and and just so you know there's only one goal of testosterone optimization therapy and that is happiness and balance so it's a two-fold goal. There's nothing else. It's not muscle gain. It's not to have better sex drive. It's just happiness and balance. When you are happy and balanced and you feel like you can take on the world, like you were saying, be a president of the world, then that's mm-hmm. when you know you're optimized. But mm-hmm. to, to their statement, just to stay there, um, I know this for a fact. I just did an incredible webinar with Dr. Keith Nichols, who's going to be, who essentially is my business partner in the background right now, but will be my, my partner in clinics that we're going to be having in North America very soon. Um, and testosterone resistant syndrome is a disease that very few people on the planet are aware of right now. And it will be eventually initiated by us considered what is called class three hypogonadism right now the endocrine society of the world, which is like the people that measure um, testosterone and endocrine systems and stuff like that, biological systems of body, they look at testosterone deficiency in two, two reasons. One, it's called hype, uh, type one hypogonadism, which is failure, excuse me, testicular failure. So that's like a biological disease where your testes just stop working. There's a million reasons why it happens. It does happen. It's rare, but it does. And then two, which is you, me, 
normal aging guys, and that's type two. And type two is caused by environmental factors. Mm -hmm. uh, obesity, lack of sleep, overexposure to blue light, all these other things. Type three, though, which is not recognized by the medical community, but will be within, my, my opinion, five to 10 years or hopefully less because we're doing a lot of research on it, <laughs> is a disruption of testosterone at the cellular level. So again, I don't want to get too esoteric with people, but mm -hmm. this is what that means. All of this bullshit, plastic, all the crap in our cars, the white light in the you know, overhead, all this blue light from computers, from technology, from games, from flat screens, from all this bullshit, bro. It literally is causing a disruption at the cellular level of our androgen receptors, which are the receptors that allow testosterone to be produced and for the body to absorb it at that level. And when that happens, this is why you have so many weak men in the world right now who are in their teens and in their early 20s who are like women, right? They have high estrogen body fat. They speak at high tones like this. They don't have any interest in having sex with women. They play video games and jerk off to you porn. I mean, we're at this level right now and science and medicine is not really recognizing this, but trust me, it is because mm -hmm. those men are completely disrupted at a cellular level from their lifestyle. So I brought all that up and I gave that summation because guys need to start understanding that this is happening at a much earlier level in life. This isn't about an old 46, 47 year old guy like me who can't get it up anymore. This is a, a, a situation that men are starting to realize at 18. I, dude, I have guys that are 16 that are, have 180 testosterone levels. Okay. Wow. So the problem is, is it's like, I would love to say Nick that it's natural and that you could fix it by sleeping better cleaning up your diet, training harder, blah, blah, blah. But no, because you can't avoid this shit. Well, we don't live in a natural world anymore, I guess. Bro, is the this stuff on the phones, like, I, you know, another guy that I, I love, and I wish I had his book in front of me right now, but everybody listening to this podcast should buy the book called Estro Generation by Dr. Anthony J. Okay, mm -hmm. it's the best book in the world on understanding what endocrine disrupting chemicals, EDCs, are doing to us. But this industrial-grade plastic on our phones, gets through our skin at the cuticle level, dude, and you cannot believe the shit that it does to us. So, yeah. right. I, I can't actually believe it. Yeah. Dude, we live in a polluted world, so in my opinion, your only ammunition and you know, straight-up resistance to it is to be optimized. Now, some guys can do it naturally, but most dudes need testosterone at a certain point in their life if they want to like, you know, be a beast, train hard, recover faster, all these other things. And then again, you know, it also gives you the cognitive effects too. So if you're an entrepreneur um, or a business person, you know, and you're focused and you got a lot of energy and you got to make sure your shit is right all the time, you should be mm. on testosterone. So let's just go down those two paths, the, um, the natural and non-natural way. So, so naturally, let's say uh, you want to, you want to, because I, I believe that, that trying to optimize naturally is, as For you sure. said, the smartest thing to do. What can, what can men do to, to stay naturally optimized? It's a great question. Most men can't do it. Um, I have a really good physician friend, one of my doctors, um, every Wednesday. And again, I encourage the community that listens to this podcast to tune in on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I have a roundtable of the best doctors in the world that doing this. It's called the TOT Doctors Roundtable. Um, but one of the doctors in there, his name is Dr. Robert Kominark. He says it like this, very, very plain as day. He says, if you're 45 or older, okay, and you are suffering from the symptoms, 
it, it's less than 5% of people at that age can optimize naturally. Okay. If you're under 45 and you are having issues and he classifies it. And again, we know there's younger guys now falling into this group. He classifies this as 25 to 45, 20% of men can do it. But that 20% of men has to be type a anal retentive, you know, watching every step, counting everything, super, you know, super planners and stuff like that. But you, this is what you can do, bro. And again, it's very difficult. You can move to a rural area of the world you're not, where you don't have electromagnetic frequency violations to your, you know, to your, to your brain and to your skeletal muscle and, you know, mm -hmm. your receptors. Um, you can obviously eat an organic source diet. You know, you can avoid um, BPA and all the plastic carcinogens. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's weird because like, I don't know where you go to avoid, you know, the shit they spray in the sky. I mean, there's so much disturbance from, you know, our environment to our biological systems. It's really, really difficult. Um, you definitely need to sleep at least six and a half hours a night. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're really, really good on your sleep and you use like a sleep tracking monitor, and I know a lot of guys do, as long as you get four hours of polyphasic sleep, which is stage four sleep, then you can probably be okay. But most people, because of blue light, they don't. And that's why I always say six and a half hours. You don't need eight hours of sleep. That's complete bullshit. But you do need six and a half, which will give you on average, most average people, four hours of polyphasic sleep. And then, dude, the last step would be to avoid this, okay? Avoid blue light exposure. You should, be, you should be sleeping in a blacked out room. You should not be charging your fucking devices you know, next to you in your room. You should not be one of those guys who wakes up in the morning and looks for their phone. That blue light is contaminating your body, man. It also damages your optic nerve. There's so many things that all these harmful environmental things mm -hmm. are doing to us. It's like you said, dude, we don't live in a world that's like free of contaminants anymore. For sure. So that's, that's part one, the, the natural route. Now part two, the, um, the, optimization, the, the artificial optimization route, uh, first step is always to get your blood tested before you start anything. So you have a baseline to work with. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. And if you're in the United States and again, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, cause I know you're very familiar with the international community and so am I, I have tons of people that follow my work in the international community. It's hard to get, um, you know, private, you know, independent laboratories to do this stuff in the United States. It's as simple as going online and going to private MD labs or discountedlabs.com and getting your blood work done for a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? I mean, if you want a full panel, like an anti-aging men's panel, wellness panel, it's going to be 400 bucks and that's going to give you everything you need to do. But yes, Nick, that is step one, always the most important thing. I highly recommend that all guys at the age of 25 get a one blood test a year. Okay. okay. At 30, at 30, if you need testosterone, you're probably going to need labs twice. Once you get balanced out, again, it goes back to once a year unless you have issues. But most guys who are balanced out, it's just once a year. For example, I'm getting my blood work done tomorrow. It's my annual. Mm -hmm. Last year, I did my blood work on December 17th. Um, but again, I've been doing this forever. I have a file cabinet, okay, right next to me, which I just pulled out, which you can't see because we're obviously doing audio. And it has all my blood work since I started when I was 30. Well. Wow. Okay. okay. So I can, I, it's like a resource file. I can go back and I can look at my PSA. I can look at my bio, my biomarkers and I can see if there's any transient or noticeable elevations or, you know, jumps or skews, but mm -hmm. that's the most important thing, bro, is definitely having an internal diagnostic to know what's going on. And then after that, if you do have symptoms, um, you definitely want to work with a physician that knows what they're doing. And thankfully, 
the guys that are watching this now can email me. I'll also send you my book, which is absolutely, I'll give that book away for free. Yeah, it's excellent. It really yep. is excellent. Yep. So I'll send the book to anybody who watches this, you know, to me for free. If you read that book and you learn the concepts in that book, you will be smarter than 98% of doctors on the planet wow. when it comes to that book. Now that, that, that book was help help was written by me, but also with the help of the top doctors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like super high level, but then, you know, if you read the book, you get your blood work done and you're already smarter than 98%, then you come to me um, or guys like me. And there are some other guys like me and ask them, what do you recommend? I go. Okay. I, I have two more questions for you, Jay. Sure. Uh, you know, one of the, the, big concerns that almost everyone I speak to has is it's the idea they don't want to be dependent on something. They're like, okay, well, once you start taking, you have to take it forever. And I mean, for me, that's partly something as well. My mind goes to the worst case scenario. Like what if I'm traveling and I've got this stuff on me and I lose my bag and then I can't get it. And like, what, what do you have to say to that? No, it's a great question. Um, so as a guy who travels the world, um, and has been on for 19 years. It's not a problem. It's a psychological issue. Initially, you just have to get over that. You know, if you have a legal prescription, which I recommend you doing, you know, again, I don't tell people what to do. I don't care if you live in a country where it's not legal, you know, to get it and you get it from great market sources, just do it right. You know, be smart, get your blood work done. Um, it's not a big deal. And here's the thing. When guys are preoccupied with the, with the, you know, the psychological construct that like, what if I run out, bro? You know, what if we go to the zombie apocalypse, bro, and I don't have testosterone? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but at that point, you know, we improvise, right? But mm -hmm. if you are traveling for 10 days and you've been um, optimized on testosterone for a long time, it's, you're going to be fine. You know, a lot of guys, if they're freaked out about traveling with it, they'll take double the dosage. Okay. I know it's not like optimal based on the way that the ester cleaves in your bloodstream, but you'll still be fine. Even if you miss a dose or two or even three, you're not going to die. Your body is, again, a very incredibly self-regulating, internally dynamic organism, and you'll be fine. Um, obviously, don't go three or four weeks, you know, without your testosterone, because then you can, you, you can notice a decline. But okay. to, to, the, to the idea, though, that you're replacing your body's natural production, and that's a bad thing. Listen, I have the data. I have the statistics. The Hebrew University study, which came out last year in July of 2017, which is also sourced in my book, and every speech and every webinar that I do, we always refer to it by 2043, bro. That's the prediction. And I think it's way sooner than that at the rate our environment is declining. Men on this planet will be infertile. I'm not wow. joking. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Well, I kind of am, but that's not, that, that's not the, that's not anything but what the researchers say. And that's from a 30 year, um, seven continent study of over 34,000 men around the world. Mm. Okay. That started in the seventies and concluded, I think in 2008, it took them 10 years to analyze the data, mm -hmm. but we have a massive decline in testosterone and global testosterone. And we also have a decline in male fertility. Mm -hmm. You probably know this. If you live in America today and you are in your late thirties and you're trying to have kids, 80% are using fertility medications. That I didn't know that. That is how polluted our environment is right now. Wow. Women, Very scary. Dude, women are fucked who have been using birth control because the birth control pills wash off into the water table and create all kinds of second and third generation downstream effects mm. and mutations to men and women who are then born under those auspices. So like all these millennial men, 
on top of the fact that they live in a polluted environment and play video games, jack off to porn and eat like shit, their moms most likely, it's, I would say 75 to 80% of them were using birth control or IUDs before they had them. And that shit has fucked them too. Mm. It creates brittle bones. It creates weaker um, physiology. That's why you see a lot of these young guys today. They're so thin. They're so feminized. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're not masculine. And that's all from those effects. So the world is fucked, man. Like, again, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist. We still control our destiny, you know, doing the internal work, having spiritual, um, you know, advanced, you know, doing the inner work and being spiritually advanced. That ultimately determines our destiny on this planet. But it's a struggle environmentally right now. That's why I always say, Testosterone is your best choice if you're starting to get attacked by the environment because that can overcome this horrific environment. I mean, wow. look at me. You know, I, this shit doesn't bother me, dude. Like, That's I can cool. talk about it on podcasts and I can inform people, but because I'm optimized, it doesn't do anything to me. Well, that's, a, that's a very good answer. Jay, uh, the last question for you. I don't want to end on a, a bit of a downer, but I've got to play devil's advocate again. Sure. What, what's the worst case scenario uh, let's say some guy out there is listening and he, and he decides to take the plunge. How can this go horribly wrong? Let's say he, he sticks within a, a moderate dose and he doesn't try to do super physiological levels. Mm -hmm. how, how could TRT uh, negatively affect him? So it's a great question. I appreciate you asking it. Um, it really can't. The only way it would like cause like extreme medical issues would be um, if you just started taking it and used it for like three or four months and then stopped cold turkey. And again, extreme medical issues would mean like for you know three to four months, the same amount of time you were on it, it would take your body to normalize its testosterone production again and start producing naturally. So in those three to four months that you didn't have testosterone from an exogenous source, um, you would feel like shit. You'd feel, okay. you'd feel really depressed. You would be you just would have no energy. You would feel like shit. It's, a, it's terrible to like be low testosterone. But again, the body is such a powerfully internal, um, self-regulating di dynamic organism that will come back. Now, that, that said, if you use bodybuilder dosages, you know, you want to be Mr. Olympia or you want to compete, you want to be 250 pounds and 6% body fat, you know, jacked and tanned, you know, shredded. And you use that for a long time and then you stop cold turkey. Then you might have an issue because a lot of those guys – their um, HP, HPGA axis, which is called the hypogonadal pituitary axis, that shuts down. But at a therapeutic level, and by the way, that comes back too. You just got to initiate therapeutic levels and some other drugs to recover, and you can even get it back then. You won't be you know, the same hypermuscular dude that you were at the super physiologic levels, but you can even bring your body system back too. So realistically, dude, most of the beliefs that people have about like horrible things going wrong are a bunch of BS. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, your body will come back. Your body will come back. As long as you don't abuse it with super, super high levels, your body will come back. Again, That's you won't good. feel good. I mean, dude, like me, if I wasn't on testosterone, dude, I would feel like shit because like, I don't know any other life but being on testosterone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That makes right? sense. Like I feel so fucking amazing and have energy all the time. And you know, I'm always ready that like, I don't want to be anything like that, mm -hmm. less than that, you know, but that's not to say if the world ends, you know, you get an EMP pulse and you know, it's everybody else, you know, you know, it's guys with fucking bunkers and guns and chickens. I mean, you know, I'm probably not going to be on testosterone, bro. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense.
Jay, uh, what a what a great pleasure that was to to host you. If uh, those listening want to find out more, um, and if, if they want to even email you for that that free book you mentioned, who should they contact or where should they go? Yeah, man. So it's great. So um, for sure, anybody who listens to this podcast, the best way to follow me, I have a pretty big influence now on Twitter. It's mm-hmm. at trt expert. I get a couple million impressions on Twitter. Twitter shadow bans most of my posts because, you know, it's very, very uh, anti-masculine and I'm a hyper-masculine dude. So I think I have like 8,600 followers on Twitter, but I have massive impressions. Like people will tell me, like no one follows me, you know, in the business world, you know, because they don't want to be seen as following me, but they want, they read my posts. I'm one of those people who are like, you don't follow them, but you read them, but you can Mm -hmm. easily access me there. If you send me an email, um, I definitely will respond and I will send you uh, the book, the TOT Bible. I also have an amazing book on intermittent fasting. It's like the third highest selling book in the world. It's called The Metabolic Blowtorch Diet. I'll be happy to send them that too. Just got to email me. And again, you're not going to get a mailed version because Amazon controls that, but I will send you the PDF. The email is contact at TRT, so Tom, Roger, Tom, revolution.com so just email me at contact at trtrevolution.com and we'll send you out both of those pdfs yeah well before, thank you that's very very kind of you to, to offer the the listeners that i just want to say to anyone listening if you have any kind of interest in the subject uh the thing i loved about jay's book is it lays it out in such a simple straightforward fashion it gives you all the data um and it gives you a very sequential uh protocol uh for which to follow. You don't need to do anything else except read this book if you want to if you want to know more about this route. So I highly recommend that. And thank you very much for your time, Jay. I appreciate it, Nick. Oh, also, let me just throw out there, uh, my, my YouTube channel is definitely very educational. You know, I always say this now because so many people don't like to read. You know that, Nick? There's a lot of, a lot of younger guys don't like to read. So please, my YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com forward slash TRT revolution. There's incredible content from some of the top thought leaders in the world on there. I don't have enough subscribers because, again, YouTube bans me. Yeah. But I can't even monetize a single video because the word testosterone is blocked. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's insane. But anyway, there's incredible content. I have very high-level A-list people that watch my shit because they, they tell me. So, I mean, I know that. So, I would tell the guys who don't read books to go to the channel, man. But, dude, I appreciate you having me on here today. It's been my awesome. My great pleasure. My great pleasure, Jay. Peace out. Peace. So testosterone replacement therapy is something that has been on my mind for a long, long, long time now, three or four years at least. Uh, I think it's it's quite a complex subject and there are benefits and, and uh, costs associated with it. Uh, obviously, Jay is super on board with it and he's an evangelist for it. So he's very excited about it and he sings its praises. I, however, am a little bit more hesitant uh, because in the words of Tim Ferriss, there's no such thing as a neurobiological free lunch. So there has to be some kind of cost involved with uh, bringing in a substance into your body. However, it's still something I am going to be partaking in very soon. I just got my blood work done yesterday and I'll be starting testosterone optimization therapy if the results indicate that I should pretty soon. And I'm quite excited to at least recapture some of uh, my youthful athletic abilities. Because if I'm honest, it's just at the point now where training, uh, I don't even train that much anymore, specifically when it comes to sparring, because it just makes me 
feel too sore and beat up the next day. And I just I just don't enjoy feeling like that anymore as well. It was one thing in my, my late teens and early 20s. I could train two or three times a day and maybe maybe I'll be a little bit sore the next day. I actually kind of relish that. I look forward to it. But now it's kind of a different thing. It's not it's not just muscular soreness. It's, it's more like aches and pains, you know. And uh, I'm just kind of over that, man. I want to be able to move freely and easily and just, you know, move through the world with uh, at ease. And if testosterone, injecting testosterone a couple times a week can help me with that, well, then so be it. Anyway, guys, I'd love your feedback on this episode. You can email me or leave some comments on the Facebook post or just get in touch. Peace out.